You already know the ending to this story. We're going to change it. Yeah, baby! Please open your eyes. Take this. Remember who you answer to. What is your name? This is where it kind of goes off the deep end. Welcome to Movie Land with CJ Johnson. On ABC Local Radio, digital and online. Hello and welcome to Movie Land. I'm CJ Johnson. Thank you for joining me. Michael Showalter is a very busy man and has been for quite a long time. He's a founding member of the state, one of the most influential American comedy troops of all time, really. Currently, he is a writer and performer on Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later, and his feature film, The Big Sick, is in cinemas worldwide and doing very well, both with audiences and critically. Intriguingly, Michael has come at the rom-com genre before. He wrote a movie called They Came Together, which was a spoof of rom-coms. And he also made a kind of deconstruction of rom-coms called The Baxter, which he also starred in a few years ago, at least a decade ago, probably now. Of course, last year he also wrote and directed a film called Hello, My Name is Doris, which sort of wasn't really a rom-com, but was kind of on the quirky edges of one. But I would suggest that this one, The Big Sick, really is a rom-com. So I started off by asking Michael from New York City how that worked for him, how having come at the rom-com from a satirical point of view and a deconstructionist point of view actually informed him when making a real one. In a lot of ways, I mean, Big Sick is not a a, a very conventional romantic comedy. Um, you know, it's it's in you, – you could put it in that genre – but I think that it's it 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 has it doesn't have too many like recognizable tropes um, other than just that there's a love story and 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 there's a kind of will they or won't they um, aspect to it. But it's not it's not in the category of the kind of movie that they came together is is satirizing for yeah. sure. Um but but even with those movies, the Baxter and and they came together and, um, you know, those movies that are deconstructing the romantic comedy, there's also a lot of love and affection for the genre. So um, it's a it's a type of movie that I've always loved. And so the line between parody and, you know, and homage is pretty thin with me. I mean, what strikes me so much about this film is its sincerity. It it you yeah. you just believe the truth of it the entire time. You believe the autobiographical aspects. How how true really is it? It's very true. I mean, I would say that the main um the the main details of the story that are the sort of stranger than fiction aspects of it are true. Um, you know, we rounded some of the edges to make it fit. You know, a sort of a a, a movie like structure and. Um, the the character of Emily's parents, the Ray Romano and Holly Hunter characters, are pretty fictionalized. There was no affair, and um, her parents aren't really. Those were pretty much made up characters. But you know, the coma is real. The the um, the 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 fact that Kumail was keeping secrets from everybody is real. The fact that once. She came out of, you know, once she was okay, he kind of made a decision to 
to make a commitment to her and to tell his family what what was going on with him. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a, a lot of it is really, really exactly as it was in, in real life. That's very interesting to me that the affair of her parents was not real because I wondered if it I, I assumed it was real and I wondered why she was putting that on screen as though she was punishing her parents. <laughs> yeah, no, that was not real. And I think, um, you know, no, that's not that that's fictional. Right. So was that sort of to balance out the the well, I guess it gives I guess it gives that amazing scene between Ray Romano and Kamel about, yeah. about love. Yeah. And I mean, I think like, you know, for myself anyway, I never, you know, we never even say in the movie, there's no, this is based on a true story, Chiron at the beginning, or, you know, um, it's a movie that works by itself, hopefully, um, that maybe you learn, oh, this is a true story. This really happened, but it's not a biopic. It's not something that, um, that is, that is necessarily, um, intended as like, you have to know this really happened. In fact, we did some of our early screenings without telling the audience that there's, that there was any truth to it. Um, and it was working then too. And for me anyway, that was always the, the objective was it's really cool that there's this true story that this is based on, but I just wanted to make the, a really good movie. Um, that's what attracted me to it when I read the script originally was the universal, a lot of the universal ideas that were running through it. Um, and so I think Emily Gordon, um, actually was wanting to distance her, her own family a little bit from the characters in the movie. So, um, you know, her name is not Emily Gordon in the movie. It's Emily Gardner as if that's a huge <laughs> difference, but, but, uh, uh, it, you know, her, I think her parents actually felt uncomfortable with the idea that, that, that they were going to be represented on screen. So, um, they were very they they were okay to have it have us do it this way. I see. I hadn't picked up on that slight last name change, so I thought I know it's pretty uh, pretty subtle. Yeah, so I thought that all the names were real because because I guess you meet Kamel Kamel instantly, and I liked at towards the end that I guess. TJ, the sort of the TJ Miller character is actually called yeah, yeah, TJ, yeah. which you find out the yeah. last three minutes or something. Well, it's CJ. Oh, it's CJ. It's me. <laughs> it's actually CJ. Yes, it's you. It's based on, he's based on you, nice. actually. Nice. Um, uh, no, I mean, there, you know, all of it is, is based on, you know, there's, um, you know, an aggregate of real people and, and everything and, and, and people that we just invented in our heads, but, um, but it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, it's loosely inspired by, by what really happened. Let's put it, let's, let's say that. Right. I read that gorgeous New Yorker article. So I'm afraid I have to ask the same question that I'm sure everyone is asking you, but uh, can you talk a little about your experience of having, you know, Emily on set directing mm. Kamel and then having Zoe Kazan playing Emily. You're in a yeah. pretty unique on set situation there. Yeah. I, I really was very much kind of, um, 
not getting too wrapped up in the sort of politics or the dynamics of that. I really went in there very much being the the keeper of the movie itself. And so anything outside of the movie that we were making and the story that we were telling um, was was none of my business. And so um, I actually wasn't asking the those people, oh, how does this feel? What's this like? Um, and I wasn't really paying attention either. Mm. Um, I, I really was focused on just making this movie that could stand alone as a movie that 10 years from now, some of the subtleties like of those things you're talking about, we don't, you know, won't, we won't think about, we'll just think about that, that, that this movie was, was sort of self-contained and, and memorable in that way. And so I kind of, I tried to, to shut out those other things, if that makes sense. Absolutely. There's been a lot of stuff on television and in movies recently, mainly on television, about the lives, the interior lives and the onstage lives of stand-up comedians. But your stand-up scenes seemed much more real and much more fresh. How did you approach shooting those? Well, I, um, it's funny. I mean, I don't, I, I'm, I, I take that as a big compliment. I, I, you know, I spent a lot of time myself in backstage and in comedy clubs, especially sort of quote unquote alternative comedy clubs. Um, not your typical, you know, uh, Caroline's comedy club or the, the comedy cellar, but more venues that on any other night might have a band playing or something like that. Um, that's where I spent a lot of my twenties and, and, and early part of my thirties and new Kumail back in those days as well. And so it's a world that, that I was really excited to try to bring back to life in the movie. And it's just a feeling of, of camaraderie, but also competition and everyone's very sarcastic, but also (laughs) supportive. And it's an interesting um, kind of microcosmic universe back there. But I, I, and I was just excited to, to, to sort of try to capture some of the energy of, of, of the, of the comedians backstage. And are those performers, are they all stand-ups or are they a mixture of stand-ups and quote unquote actors? Yes, a mixture. Um, and, and sort of the stand-ups come in different shapes and sizes. I mean, you know, Kurt, Kurt, all of the characters that play his friends are all also comedians that do stand-up comedy. Okay. Though, the, though, again, not in the kind of traditional microphone, you know, and a fern kind of thing, but, you know, Kurt, Kurt, who plays his friend, uh, Chris is, is more experimental and A.D. Bryant is on Saturday Night Live and, and Bo Burnham of the of the three is the most more traditional, but he also plays guitar and sings songs, and so they're very they're all very comfortable in front of an audience, but but aren't necessarily, you know, cookie cutter stand up comedians like we like like Jerry Seinfeld or something like that. Right now, in terms of male stand up comedians or male comedians, Kamel and yourself and Ray Romano give or take a few years or decades kind of represent three generations of American yeah. comedy. Yeah. I'd love, I would to- say that Kumail, well, I would say Kumail and I are more part of the same, a little bit the same generation. If I were a, if, if, if comedy were a high school, he probably would have been a freshman when I was a senior or something <laughs> along those lines. Um, 
and uh, and then Ray is definitely from a generation above where um, there was no no alternative comedy as such when Ray was starting out um, in the quite the same way. Um, but, um, you know, comedians, I think, and this is what, what a little bit we try to show in the movie is comedians have a language that they speak with each other, um, for better or for worse. And, and that language was true. You know, I, you know, Ray and I share that vocabulary and it's just sort of about a sense of what's funny and trust and, you know, Judd Apatow's a big stand-up comedian too, and so to have him there and his point of view is was also another big voice in in the room of that. Um, but all you know, it it is interesting to see how all the different generations of comics interact. And Ray and Kumail actually went on tour promoting the movie and doing stand-up together, which was pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah. So was Judd Apatow in the room a lot? Was he on set a lot? He- he was there um periodically um but he was definitely very involved in the in the movie i mean he he was you know reading every draft and and giving notes on every cut and he would definitely come to the set and helped with casting and every really every aspect of the movie he was he played a role for sure right i feel like with uh Sally Field in hello my name is Doris and now with Holly Hunter in the big sick you're kind of making your way through working with some of the great actresses that you've admired over the years. I know. I know. I mean, I Holly Hunter can't in this even movie believe is impeccable. It. Yeah. I know. I can't, I can't believe it. I mean, those really, they really are two of my favorite actresses of all time. Was, did you um, bring her name to the table? Can you talk a little about how you came to work with her? Well, actually she was, um, uh, Judd Apatow's, I mean, you know, we, I, at an early point in the, in the sort of, you know, when I came on to the movie, there was already a script and, but, but we did do a lot of work on it for about a year before we shot. And once we sort of had a feeling that we were working on a script that really represented the movie that we all wanted to make, we kind of knew way before Holly Hunter even knew about the movie that we wanted her for the part. And so we were even writing it a little bit with her in mind. And, um, Judd Apatow, I guess had met her because she was teaching an acting class or an acting workshop at, um, Carnegie Mellon, which was a, which was one of the schools his daughter was interested in maybe attending. And, um, and so he had gotten to know her a little bit and we all were obviously enormous, enormous fans of hers and could think of no one that would be better to play the part. Um, and so, um, you know, we, you know, the rest is history. You know, we asked her if she would do it and she read the script and she liked it. And, and I think was excited to kind of give it a shot and worked really closely with her. And, you know, she's amazing. She's the most wonderful, warm, you know, hardworking, passionate person. And I mean, again, like it's just to go from having the experience of working with Sally Field and then right away have the opportunity to work with, with Holly Hunter and they're different, you know, they have a different process and, um, you know, they're, they, you know, what they're, where, where they're similar is, is that they give a hundred percent of themselves to the, to the material and to the work. But but it was definitely interesting to see like each actor, whether it's the, them or 
Kumail or Ray Romano or Zoe Kazan, they all require a different kind of interaction from the director. And so part of, you know, on this very steep learning curve of, of trying to figure out how, how to work with these actors who are giving so much of themselves in their performance, but each kind of need a different thing in terms of how I can help them. Yeah. I mean, Holly Hunter is so bold physically. I mean, I know, I know she's supposedly small, but she's, she always takes up, she's so, she's got such a powerful physical presence that I I imagine that she could go as far as you wanted if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's, um, yeah, she's, she's, um, she's very theatrical in that way. She thinks like a theater actor, you know, she, 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 she wants to walk, you know, she wants to use the set, you know, she wants to take up, take up space. Um, and, uh, but she's, there's something so soulful and, and authentic about her. And that's Ray too. That's Ray Romano too. There's, you know, he's so funny. His timing is unbelievable. His delivery is like no one else's. He's great with improvisation, but then he also is this very authentic, soulful quality about him. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. those two as a couple, I think, you know, uh, I mean, the movie is taking everyone by delighted surprise, but particularly their relationship and those two mm-hmm. actors together. I think everyone is just going, wow, who knew? I know. Yeah, it's awesome. It's really cool. And of course, Zoe Kazan is brilliant. She's absolutely fantastic in the role. And she obviously has an incredibly difficult job because she has, what, half an hour to make an impression that then lingers through the rest of the movie. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. I mean, and, and, and there's almost two movies. I mean, the, the first act of the movie could be its, its own movie. They meet, they fall in love, things start to fall apart, they break up. And, and that all happens in just the first, you know, like you said, the first half hour, we really, really get to know them and we get to feel like we know her and, and so we worked really hard on that with her too, to, to, to make you feel like you saw the full, you know, the full, got the full picture of who she was, how she, you know, what kind of a person she was, how, and how her and Kumail fit together, why they liked each other, you know, so that by the time she does get sick, you really feel the loss. Mm. Um, and, um, Zoe Kazan, you know, I just think brings so much um, inner inner. There's so much of an inner life there to her character, to her performance. She, you know, she she. There's so much going on there, and you can just feel it. There's a palpable complexity to her um, that really helps with that. And you know, we wanted to avoid a sort of, you know, just a cute love affair, you know, like they're just adorable together. We really wanted to cast someone who could bring another dimension to it that was more complicated than just that they were cute and, and adorable. Yeah. Some so, fire, some fire. Yeah. Oh, that's absolutely in there. And of course, Kamel is, as far as I remember, he's in every scene. The movie is entirely told, quote unquote, from his point of view. 
I believe so, yes. So your relationship- No, there's a few, that's not true. I mean, there's a few scenes with, in the third act, where you get to see um, Zoe and, the, and the Ray and Holly without Kumail there. That's right. But otherwise, he carries the movie. Um, and even though he's, he's been in so many things, this is kind of a, a massive, I guess just a massive new workload for him to carry a big movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, and he yeah, and I mean, he's playing, he's the leading man. You know, he says, uh, you know, he talks about that, you know, his high school photo, he was emulating Hugh Grant's haircut. And <laughs> I like to think that in a lot of ways, he's he, this is his Hugh Grant moment as an actor. You know, he's the everything. He's the romantic lead, dramatic lead of this film. And um, he prepared for it very much in that way, as opposed to, you know, He's not just sort of playing himself, you know, he he's 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 he tackled the role of himself as though it were a role that he was he had been cast to play, if that makes sense. You know, he really he studied his character's motivations (laughs) and he thought about it in that way and not just as like, well, you know, Woody Allen, like, well, it's me. I'll just do my shtick. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. 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 He also delightfully and refreshingly gets to play a sexual stud, which yeah. you don't often yeah. see him play. Like, he's he's smooth yeah. with the ladies. Totally. Yeah, he's cocky. He's got a little swagger. <laughs> and, uh, he picks and he, up easily. And he, yeah, and he's a, he likes girls. He like you know, and he's confident. Hmm. And um, I think that's... I love I love that 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 he got to do that and play against the sort of like, you know, dorky, you know, computer nerd that that we're used to him playing. Mm. Now, I know there has been a tiny little bit of blah, blah about um, looking at the issue of uh, the women involved in arranged marriages. But I think once you see the film, that has to dissipate because all the women that Kamel meets during the film are all highly rounded out, intelligent, attractive characters in their own right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was something that we felt strongly about doing and, you know, I, I, I don't have a strong kind of opinion about, like, I, I totally understand the, what's being said and, and, um, in a way, I have no problem with that criticism. Mm. Um, it, we made this movie. We made this movie as faithfully and as full-heartedly as we could. I believe that it's a progressive story, and it's a and that 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 it's a progressive message. Um, and but it's imper but it's imperfect and the world is imperfect, and we should all continue to strive to do better and represent as many stories and as many characters as we can. I also think that we, um, we did very much try to, and successfully, I believe show the characters on the other side of it as, as, as fully dimensional, um, people as well. And that was something that we, that, that I think if you see the movie, you'll see that, 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 Everyone, every character in this movie is given agency and that that was something we really focused on. I couldn't agree more. And there's there's one obvious clear scene late in the picture 
that would have been an easy edit out. If you were running long, you could have easily cut it out, but is so vital that gives the other side of the story. You know, it's a beautiful scene. It's one of the highlight scenes of the film for me. With, with you mean Khadija, where, you mean where she, the, yeah. where she go? Yeah, I love that scene too. Yeah. And it's a very pivotal scene. It's an, it was one of those scenes where, you know, in a sense, we, you know, there were there were discussions at at certain points of, oh, well, well, do we really need this? And it was, we absolutely have to have this scene in the movie. Yeah, this scene is the scene where she speaks for that other side in a way that 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 I think is so important and so special. Yeah, and a lot of people have said that that's one of their favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah, and his response also is vital in a way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we've only got a tiny little bit of time left, but I just want to ask you, um, so many movies, uh, I think, in the past have shot Chicago for New York to save money, but you went and shot in New York for Chicago? I know. Well, I know. What's up with I had that? No, well, I had nothing to do with it. Um, I mean, and Doris was L.A. Well, we shot New York in L.A. <laughs> so, so Doris was set in New York. We shot in L.A. Big Sick was set in Chicago. We shot in New York. So my next movie... <laughs> should be set in LA and we'll shoot it in Chicago. Perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me on Movie Land. Thank you, CJ. Always a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Movie Land. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at CJ Movie Land. Read and subscribe for free to my written reviews at filmmafia.com.au. Watch my web TV series, Watch This, at Skippy TV. That's S K I P I dot TV. S K I P I dot TV. And make sure you see a movie at the cinema this weekend. Take care.